Shring. And welcome to Iron Sharpens Iron on tonight's show. Back by popular demand is EJ. Yeah! <laughs> welcome back. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you could be here. Uh, thank you for, um, you know, coming on on short notice. Don't thank uh, me. Thank you. Thank the chapters for being so short. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> So uh, there'll be there. There was somebody that will remain unnamed that I asked to come on the show uh, this weekend, and um, they were being petty. Mm. So instead of me uh, feeling like I was in a position where I would be begging this person to come on, I said uh, I called up or I texted EJ and I said, "Would you do the show?" So no more discussion. No. And uh, if if I am asked, when are we going to do the show? I'm going to say, it's done. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's, it's already it's out. Go go. Clearly, you don't pay attention to the channel. It's it's already uploaded. Yep, yep. So uh, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So EJ, what do you think of the uh, new beginning of Iron Sharpens Iron? I like it. I I wish I wish I could have made the sound effect, but you know. Okay. Hey, I like it though. I prefer it. I mean, I so think you, I think maybe I think maybe we should uh, commission like an artist to actually do like like an animation for it too, you know? Okay. <laughs> Instead of uh a grainy picture of gritty. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we we get a whole animation and he just does all the sound effects for it. I think that'd be funny. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. So uh, what we'll be talking about uh, this evening is the story of David and Goliath. And so we are looking at uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17. That's 1 Samuel chapter 17. And I'm just going to take this opportunity right now to read it. Uh, so it uh, uh, we'll read it beginning to end, all of chapter 17. So uh, just sit back and relax and uh, listen to the story. And then uh, we'll get into it. So I'm reading the NIV version, uh, which begins. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Shoko in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes, Damin, between Sako and Azekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves, and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield-bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out here and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Now David was the son of an Ephrathite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time, he was very old. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to war. The firstborn was Eliab, the second was Abinadab, and the third was Shema. 
David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For forty days, the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Now Jesse said to his son David, Take this ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up and set out, as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were. As he was talking to them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his line and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You come down only to watch this battle. Now what have I done, said David? Can't I even speak? Then he turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. And the man answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go fight him. Saul replied, are, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from his flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream and put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag and with his sling in his hand approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. And he said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that this is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from its sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the, when the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. The men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Akron. Their dead were strewn along the Shyam road to Gath to Ekron. When the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. David took the Philistine's head and brought it to Jerusalem. He put the Philistine's weapon in his own tent. As Saul watched David going out to meet the Philistine, he said to Abner, commander of the army, Abner, whose son is that young man? Abner replied, as surely as you live, your majesty, I do not know. The king said, find out whose son this young man is. As soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, 
Abner took him and brought him before Saul, with David still holding the Philistine's head. Whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him. David said, I am the son of your servant, Jesse of Bethlehem. Let us be blessed by the reading of God's word. Amen. All right. Good story? It, yeah, I mean, I can't complain. I think it, the way he won was a little anticlimactic, you know? <laughs> so so that's that's what you said when you first came on. Yeah. I mean, so, like, I was expecting, like, some kind of, like, Beowulf, like, big, massive battle, like, like the little dudes fighting the giant, and my man just hits him with a rock, and that's it. I'm like, <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, then when there's so much detail about everybody wearing armor and, and iron uh, bronze helmets and, and stuff, I'm like... Where's his helmet? Where's the big man's helmet? You don't have one? What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the uh, yeah, I guess uh, uh, Goliath didn't have a helmet, did he? I, I guess not. I mean, or, they, I they, they said he had armor. a helmet. They talked about his armor and his like three different weapons. I don't. He must not have had a helmet, or else that rock shouldn't have killed him. Yeah, he had a broad helmet on oh, his head. David so we got him right in the head. forehead. David has some good aim. <laughs> Yeah, he has a really good aim. Now, have you ever seen um, like videos of the Palestinians with those slingshots? I, I have not. I mean, they spin them around, and I mean that when they let those rocks go, I mean those are moving at a good clip. So this is not like like some kitty slingshot. That's true. That's true. And I like when when I first read it, like before you before you read it, like when I read it myself, I didn't really think too much about it. Like like to me, I was like, did he just throw a rock at this guy and kill him? Like, <laughs> like I didn't even really like. I kind of forgot that he had like a slingshot. I was like, so like he just like threw a rock and he won. Like that's crazy. No, he had they 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 spin those slingshots. I mean that that rock is spinning fast, and then when they release it. You know, it soars oh. through the air. Yeah. So, yeah, he did have good aim. And I think it's crazy that when he shows up and he's just asking what's going on. He's just like, hey, what's what's going on? How how you guys doing? And they're like, yo, get out of here, bro. You, you just want to see the fight. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, I wish he would have said, like, my like dad told me to come and check on you guys or something. Like, Yeah, yeah. That little brother like that. How rude. Right. <laughs> that's your little brother man he's trying to make sure you're good he is he is, he is a little brother so but you know i mean siblings are siblings right yeah that's true i probably do that to my little cousin too like, what are you doing here get out of here so you know um so what what else uh do you see here going on um so are they they're fighting they claim that they're fighting for God, or they're claiming that God is is their their leader in the army. How well, uh, the Israelites are God's chosen people. Mm. So that's why when they say, uh, when they bring up when they bring up God, like like that, I guess that is their commander in chief, huh? Yeah. So this is you know that this is the God of Israel. So when we you know we even when we call ourselves Christians. Uh, the Father God is the God of Israel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're 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 fighting on um, uh, they're God's army. They're fighting on God's behalf. That this is their God. 
And and another thing that I don't really I didn't really understand is why do both of these armies, especially the army that claims to be fighting on God's behalf, why would they agree like, hey, let's have a one on one duel and whoever wins is the winner and and the other team the other losers have to submit. I don't I don't think that's part of God's plan. Well, uh, you're you're going in an area I you know that I wanted to make sure that we went in. Uh, let me ask you this way. Mm. How impressive was the Israelite army to you in this chapter? To me, it seems like I don't want to start on to talk talk any hot garbage right now, but to me, it seems like they were scared of uh, Goliath. It seems like they didn't really know how they could beat him. Because every time he showed up, like, you know what I mean? Like, they said it, like, uh, every morning, every night, it just kept advancing and pushing forward. So clearly, the Israelites were struggling to keep them in check, you know, to keep them in one spot. They just kept pushing forward. Yeah, what what did it say, that they would uh, recoil or something like that when he would come out? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think they were scared. I think they didn't know how to deal with this giant of a man. And then this little boy shows up with a slingshot and a rock and... Yeah, whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Now, the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. So maybe maybe they weren't specifically scared of him, but they were scared that he kept challenging them. And I guess their 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 Lord, their, their God. Well, I think they were afraid of him. And and what do you think about that? That that here, you know. Israel, they know that they're God's chosen people. I mean, God, this is the God that that allowed them uh, into the Promised Land and to conquer the Promised Land as their own. Maybe you know, th- this maybe. is after. So this is after uh, Moses led the Hebrews through the desert mm-hmm. for forty years, and now people go, "Well, why did it take them forty years to?" You know, to do, I think it's an 11 day trip on foot. Um, And the reason they went around in circles for 40 years is that God needed the old generation to die. Mm, I remember about that. Yeah, the people that had been in chains, that had been slaves, needed to die off. So the people that did not know slavery would enter the promised land. So pretty much all the people that had resentment and hate in their heart had to not be around because they would. They would mess everything up. They would, they. I, I'm assuming they would. They would have not infected, but you know, they would have give. They would have been giving people wrong ideas and stuff. Well, and two, they were used to being oppressed, and mm. God didn't want people that were used to being oppressed to mm. enter the promised land and to take it for their own. So after that happened, um. They, they they did not have a king. It, what they did is they had the 12 tribes of Israel. And every time that a problem would come up, that God would raise a judge. And the judge was basically a leader. It wasn't a judge the way we think of judges. And so every time, the, you know, the, 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 the tribes got in trouble, they would raise a, a God would let or bring up a judge and, and it helped solve these problems. So, mm. so at, when things were going okay, 
the the idea of this kind of fractured form of government was that God was the head of the government. So it didn't matter that there were, let's say, twelve different people that were that were that were kind of kind of running stuff or or or, or making rules because they all they all followed whatever God said anyway. Well, that that was the idea. They they all kind of kind of had the same the same uh goals in mind yes okay so all these people all these other tribes around them that aren't part of the 12 tribes of israel a lot of people surrounding them had kings Mm. and so the israelites demanded a king a human king and god didn't want to give him a human king but he, he finally he finally relented and uh anointed Saul as their king. That's crazy. God who knew God could get peer pressured too? <laughs> He's like, all right, all right. If you guys shut the hell up, I'll I'll, I'll make someone the king. Like, leave me all alone. Right. Yeah, that's what it kind of feels like in a way. It's like, all right, just just stop, right? Saul's the king, all right? Go talk to him, ask him questions now. <laughs> so Saul has a very uh, tenuous reign. Mm. And uh, a lot of it is because of David. So what you're saying is David David is uh, making stuff happen, and he, what, takes a lot of the credit for it? Well, um, like, yeah, David did that, but I told him to do it, kind of well, thing. Well, after you know? this, uh, David kind of goes... Mm. Um, and as David goes into battle with Saul and they return from battle, the people of Israel start singing songs that David kills thousands and Saul kills hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what that means. They, they, got a, they, they want a new king. So it, it does get jealous and starts uh, losing his, his faculties. Starts losing his mind. And uh, then uh, a good portion of David's story is being pursued to be killed by Saul. Because he's hating. (laughs) That's right. He is hating. You're the king. I'll be hating. So that that basically gives you an overview of, of where we are, of, you know, where we are. I mean, this is David's first appearance. This is how David comes onto the scene of the of the of the biblical stories. So, so when uh, when they're talking about how the the Israelites are, are on one hill and uh, whatever they're called are on the other, like how big do you picture the armies? Like I can't like I'm picturing maybe like a couple hundred, maybe like two three hundred dudes on each side. That I don't know. Ah, uh, that I don't know. Now let me see. Let me see if we go back to sixteen. If the they have the numbers of troops, and I think it's crazy because I, again I can't remember the name of the other guys, but they really put all their faith in Goliath, man. Like they're like, you know what? If he said if if we lose, uh, uh we, we're gonna we're gonna work for them. Like he's not even their king, is he? Like why why does he have so much? Well, it, it says he's a champion. So he's a good fighter. So that means he can make decisions for the for the country now. Well, I think they put him up because he's the best shot that they have if they're going to go one on one. Ah, and and so like you're you're talking you're talking these are these are honors 
honor shame societies. So once they were once they're face to face and they can shout to each other across the valley. I mean, this is a narrow valley. Mm-hmm. I, I actually saw it when I was in Israel. Oh, you I went think, there? Yes. I think it goes down that's and so, then it yeah, takes a so turn. Cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a narrow valley. So once they're face to face and somebody says, send us somebody to fight our champion. I guess you got to do it then, huh? You really can't go, nah, 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 nah. You know, you I mean, it. I don't, I don't know all the rules of, of, of an honor society, but in, in, you know, if I'm going to take a wild guess, you either like send your whole army in right then and there <laughs> and win or, or lose. Or, or, or you agree to the one. Or you agree to the challenge. Now, I don't know if that, you know, so they 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 were challenged and they're going back and forth for 40 days. I feel like if if David didn't accept the challenge and and the Israelites did like their whole army did attack them and and let's say they did win after that. I don't think it would have lasted cuz I think people would have been like they have no honor, forget these people. I think we should all team like you know like all these other these different groups that you said live around them i think they would all they would eventually all team up like these people have no honor you know what i mean we got to get rid of them now who who would they be saying that about uh about about the israelites if if david didn't agree to the one-on-one okay yeah yeah just like the army just just flooded and attacked them like i think it wouldn't have been a good a good deal uh in the long run okay all right so i um, I think that honor stuff was a big deal back then you know yes and and the one thing that I'd like to fill you in on is the number 40. Like we mentioned uh the the Hebrews in the desert for 40 years. Uh this and these other people were were advancing on the Israelites for 40 days. I mean, what's going on with 40? It's a number comes up a lot in this story. Yep. So well, 40 is a number know. of comp- uh, a number of completion. Mm. So what it says, what that is saying is that it wasn't necessarily 40 literal days. What it was saying was there was a cycle that needed to be completed. Mm, And so something was completed at that that time. I got to remember. 40 days, the Philistine came in, came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. So. So David comes on the scene. And so the cycle that, I mean, kind of kind of stands out to me is that these guys were scared and no one was, no one was going down there to challenge. <laughs> Not even David's brothers, the ones that would tell him to shut up and get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the cycle was completed. You know, it, it seems like God may have, you know, uh, whispered into Jesse's ear, maybe. Send, yeah, him. right. Like, yeah, he didn't, tell, <laughs> he, he didn't even tell him like, "Hey, tell your son to go fight." He was like, "Hey, tell your son to go deliver food for them." Yeah, yeah. Drop off some supplies, you know. Yeah, everything will take care of itself after. Jesse that. wakes up in the morning. Well, for some for some reason, has the idea to send David to bring some cheese. 
Yeah, out of the blue. It's already been, <laughs> they've already been fighting for a, a, around 40 days. 40 he's days. Like, you, know what? Yeah. you know what? Now they could use some extra food. <laughs> Who knows? We're, we're speculating at, at this point. We're, we weren't there. <laughs> but if, if, if you were going, if you were going to name an offense that mm-hmm. the Israelites had committed, what would you, does, what comes to mind? An offense. An offense to say an offense to God. What have they not done in this story? Okay. okay, first of all, first I wanted to bring this up. I think this is crazy that the king is like, whoever can kill this man, they don't gotta pay taxes. They can they can mess around with my daughter, this and that. <laughs> like I don't think I don't think God told you to to to, to give away your daughter like that. <laughs> Well, like, well, well let's back up a little bit. <laughs> that's crazy, bro. Is that not crazy? Like he you said, know, he could marry his daughter. Well, that's the same thing, bro. You just have it. Just take her. You you want her? <laughs> is that not weird though? Like it was a different culture and a different time. I guess so, but yeah. I mean, again, like uh, yeah, it's weird to, to us now, people, bro. I don't think I don't think God's people would give their daughters away to a killer. You know what I mean? Well. Well, the, he's not giving it to a killer. He would be giving his daughter to a champion. Uh, killer, champion, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you got to crack some eggs to be a champion, you know. I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, and I think that concept of being a champion uh, is 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 a culturally relevant thing because I remember – uh watching this documentary i think it was on the palestinians and uh you know the they're talking to these young boys and you know that they were just explaining you know i want to grow up and i want to be strong because i want to be a champion and you know when i heard that i remembered you know the idea of champion in this story and there's a song too uh by uh uh I think I'm saying his name right. Metis Yahoo. Okay. With that uh, mentions champion also. And uh, it's a song. um, You know, he's a a Jewish singer. And uh, the video from that song uh, is uh, in Israel. I want to go visit now. You're making, you're making visiting that place sound cool. You, You went to the valley that they fought at. Like what? Well, it's it's that place is real. It's definitely a great trip. You're telling me that place is real, where David beat this giant up with a rock. This place, I could go there. Yes, that's. I think that's really cool. So, uh, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna fill you in on Please the do. offense that Israel. Because I I had. can't think of it. Like like it did, all right. So my question is: Did they whatever offense you're going to say? Did they do this in this story that we read, or was this a, a before this? Or no, this is in the story. I must have missed it. Now, especially when you compare them to David, mm. who how does what does David say when he's fighting? Let, let me let me let me come down here. He said that. Uh, well, he's fighting for God. Like he's he's doing this. He's he's God. You know, he's they're they're God's chosen people, and they're they're fighting this battle for God, right? Right. So, what is David doing? Or let me put it this way. I mean, the the answer will be obvious. 
who did he put his faith and trust in? God. Okay, so that, that was and what was and what did his Israelite counterparts not do? Put their faith uh, and trust in God. They were they were they were sh- their God. They were like sh- whatever, bro. You and your God <laughs> could go to hell. You know, like they were like what a big whoop, bro. You got a God, so what? I'm I'm a giant. <laughs> okay, all right. The the first few the first few ble- wait with the first few bleeps were charming. Now clean it up. (laughs) So I was thinking that same thing though, because I was like, "All right," because I was like, "I said, like I said at the beginning, I it was very anticlimactic the way he won." And Uh the first time when I when I read it myself, the way I was thinking was, was it not that it was easy, but did it did it go that way because he had faith in in God? You know what I mean? Because he believed and he was like, "I'm doing this for God." And everything just worked out like that for him. I, I, I think that's the point of the story. Is that he was empowered by his faith. So what you're saying is if, if Goliath had any faith, there was, there was no hope for the Israelites then. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if he had a faith in, in that God, yes. Because you notice that uh, uh, what somewhere in there, uh, Goliath mentions gods with an S. Oh, yeah, so they're, uh, like, they're like the, the, the Romans where they, they, they believe in multiple. Yeah. Yeah. It says in the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Mm. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. I like how David threw that threw that uh right back at him. And he was like, no, no, no. I'm going to do that to you. All right. For God. <laughs> how about that one? You're going to get fed to the animals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he he says David David said to the Philistine, "You come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the with Lord Almighty." Faith. All I got with me is my two hands and my faith. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. I think it's crazy that David killed a bear and a lion, too. Yeah. Hey, man, that faith, man, that faith really gives you you that strength, I guess. Well, you know, shepherds will do anything to protect their their sheep. No, I'm not, I'm not like saying this is comparable, but there was like a, there was a fighter. uh, And pretty much what he would say is he would like, he was like, I would pray every time before I went into a fight, like I would go pray and he would win. He would, he honestly, he was like, he's like a really good fighter. And I just think uh-huh. that's, that's like interesting that he's like his whole like prep for a fight is, is I got to pray and I got to get in that mindset, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe having faith is, a, is, a, is the key, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, with faith, uh, you know, uh, a lot, a lot of different, um, disciplines and and occupations uh talk about being <clears throat> being centered and it really uh it really goes a long way if your spirit and your mind are centered i need to work on it i need to get myself centered <laughs> you know even just take like the game of golf i mean everybody who plays golf or talks about golf talks about it being a mental game 
I mean, you can you can swing that club, you know, a million times a year, but you know, one of those times it's gonna it's gonna slice into the woods, no matter what you do. And then it's like how you react to it and how you keep going, you know, from hole to hole. Oh, are you gonna let that one shot ruin the whole game? Maybe. So, so what you're saying is you gotta you gotta overcome adversity. You gotta you can't you can't let the setbacks affect you and and, and right. stop you. You know, yeah. and look at this look at this young you know this young boy is standing, um, in front of you know this 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 Hulk of a uh, of a person. Armed to the teeth, wearing all this armor. Armor, weapons. He has. Well, what did they say? He had like a like a like a uh, like a like a guy that that, that uh, is in front of him, like a, a shield, shield bearer. Shield yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he also outnumbered him too. Like he's like, I don't, I don't even have time to hold the shield. I got a whole extra person to hold my shield for me. <laughs> so to me, that's not even a one on one anymore. Where's his honor? Like hold your own. Well, I mean the shield the shield bearer it doesn't fight. Oh. So what is he there for then? Is he just he, just to carry that shield and then when he needs it, he hands it to him. <laughs> Where's David's pit crew, man? <laughs> you know? Ain't nobody handed David any water. Well, he didn't anything. need a pit crew because he was going with God. I I I guess God I guess God took the wheel. He did take the wheel. <laughs> and and uh so you know, um you know, as they described uh, Goliath and what everything weighed. What is shekels, by the way? I didn't well, really want to ask that because I didn't want to get it's just a, it's a topic, but I, I it, it was a piece of metal. Okay. And uh, shekels are yeah. the the monetary unit also of Israel now. So it's money, and they use that to weigh stuff. I, I, apparently, I don't. I, I'm. I guess it was money then too. I'm not sure, but mm. uh, but it weighed all those shekels of you know weight. Uh, so I'll just read the weights that this guy is wearing and carrying around. Um, uh, 125 pounds, uh, 15 pounds, 36 pounds. So right there, all that stuff that he's carrying. Weighs uh, 140, 170. He's carrying 176 pounds into battle. And he's at least six feet. So he's already like heavy too. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, he should have went, went with the Lord. He wouldn't have had to carry all that stuff. Yeah. And, 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 and that's exactly right. He wouldn't have needed any armor. He had I all mean, this armor, all this armor made with human hands. David had none. I mean, he did, but he didn't. He's like, I don't want it. I don't even want it. I can't. I can't do what I what I need to do with this on. Well, that, know, that, that's a point that people uh, preach on a lot. Uh, um, is that he didn't use the armor and stuff? Yes, and and a lot of times those sermons will have sermon titles like "If it's not for you, it's not for you." Um, mm. like he couldn't go in dressed as Saul. He had to go in as David because I agree. Yeah. You know, that God was laying the way for David to be the champion, not Saul. And he, I mean, maybe I think the only hand handmade thing he used was a slingshot. Yeah. 
he grabbed the stone straight out of the river, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure God made the rocks. So, I mean, I think it's an interesting story, though. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> a good portion of 1 Samuel and a lot of 2 Samuel is all about David. I was going to say, uh, I, I I listened to a little bit of chapter 18, and it, and it did continue with him. And I was like, oh, yeah. this is interesting. Yeah. I wonder, you know, I didn't finish it, but I was, I might, might later. I want to know what happens to see what uh, shenanigans David gets into. Well, you might want to keep reading because um, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> and the shenanigans are, are, are Saul going after him to kill him. Oh, man, this hater, yeah. bro. You made him, bro. You, you literally told, bro, you gave him permission to go fight. And now you're mad that he won. Yeah, it don't make any sense to me. So, so what what is your takeaway from this story? My takeaway is, if 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 you believe in God, uh, I guess that's all you need to believe in. Have some faith and and do what you think is right, and, and I think I guess things will work out for you. Yeah. Yep. He what he shows here is is uh, a lot of courage, confidence, and trust in the Lord. And that um, we all can't just one day decide to have that kind of uh, uh, courage, confidence, and trust in the Lord. It's something that we have to build. So the more that we put our faith and trust in the Lord as we go through life, the better off that we are down the road. Even when everybody was talking, like talking mess about him, like like Goliath or his brothers, like, what are you doing here? Get out of here. Or Goliath, what are you doing, your little boy? Get yeah, out of here. yeah. He's like and his no. brothers accuse him of just wanting to watch the battle. I'm I'm still mad that he didn't bring up like uh, Dad told me to bring supplies to you guys. <laughs> like instead of him, like because I I get it. He's he's like not like a little kid, but you know he's probably like a teenager. So he's probably like, can I talk? Like no, no. I would have just said uh, Dad sent me here. <laughs> yeah, I'm here on on Dad's behalf for you. <laughs> You know what? No cheese. No cheese and bread for no you now. No cheese for no you. Cheese bread for you now. No sandwiches. <laughs> so um, we end the episode the same way every time, with a prayer. And you know, uh, EJ, on this show, the guest does the prayer. Whoa, 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 whoa. I've, <laughs> I've never done a prayer in my life. Beth. You can't put me in a spot like this. Come on, give it a try. Uh, Take uh, trust and confidence in the Lord. All right. All right, David. Give me that strength, David. Okay. I don't even know how I start this, man. I've never done this before. Father God. Uh, Father God, we thank you for everybody listening. And I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, we, we thank you for everything good in our lives and uh, I don't know. I guess that's just thank you. Thank, thanks for life, man. We appreciate it. <laughs> in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Don't under the bus like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know what, EJ, when when I um you know, uh, I was introduced to the uh, African Methodist Episcopal Church in 2006. I moved back here, went to a church, didn't know anybody. 
And for a while after I joined that church, I found myself in moments like you just found yourself in. <laughs> where, where, although you got to give the words now. <laughs> yeah, I'll go ahead and pray, Richard. I'll be like, what? <laughs> oh, Richard, you're going to be on the men's choir. I'm like, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. And I'm I, in the men's choir. I have never prayed ever before. Well, you did and a good job. To, I don't know what to say or to, to thank for, but uh, thanks for giving us life. You know, I don't know what else. Amen. To, I don't know what else to say. Thank you for. It's, there's a lot of things I could have. I could have. You know, but who, we don't need a whole list. There, there are. If when you don't know what to pray, uh, Jesus said, "This is the way you pray: Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name." Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And always remember, EJ, that Romans 8 tells us that when we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit is always searching our heart and reporting back to God in rumblings that we would not understand exactly what we need. Mm. So we are covered. And I, I would always going to say that there's no way I could remember all those words in that prayer <laughs> you just did. I don't know how you you remember all this stuff off off the brain. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, EJ. It's been a good show. No problem, man. I, I, I'll come back on. All right. God bless you and God bless Cheryl. God bless you too. Bye. <laughs>